last time on Almost Heroes. We picked up coming face to face with a Spectral Mind Flare, the one that keeps appearing and setting Rangrim's hand ablaze with the eye symbol. We drove it off, but not before learning that Cosmo's father had actually sacrificed himself. But we continued to explore the Ebon Depths, discovering ominous statues and dead ends before finally coming across the sources of the Rumbling Whales and the lair of the final brother, Alton whose brain now resided in a jar atop the body of a monstrous steel golem. Uh, at first it seemed we couldn't penetrate the black steel armor, but after a clever heat metal spell by Rangrim and a solid head smash, of course, by Cosmo, uh, Alton fell back, his brain jar finally exposed. It was then that the Spectral Mind Flayer reappeared, shattering Alton's brain jar for his failure and summoning a monstrous Mind Flayer worm, which looked like a giant ginger root. Uh, Rangrim, tired of hearing the Mind Flayer speak, cast a sound spell, super duper clutch, preventing it from casting any spells, Super duper clutch. Uh, then with a creaking of armor, the ruined form of Alton pulled itself back to its feet, telling us all to get the hell out. Uh, Glenn was very much okay with that as it began to bulldozer into the side of the massive worm, pushing it towards the silence mind flare and knocking over all the vats of green goo. Uh, as we fled, Alton let out a final wail that tore the mind flare, the worm, and the whole chamber apart. Uh, an enlarged Cosmo scooped us up and ran down the hallway, just not even asking for consent, just taking us and going leaped into the water below, safe from the lava flow. Uh, in the main tunnel, we met up with Scraps and Dozer, who had been digging their way through, which was very, very well-timed in case we had to figure out how to do that. We all made our escape, and outside, Rangrim was united with his beloved donkeys and mule, and we all took our first deep breath of fresh air in days, and that's where we left off. Thank you very much, BK. Mm-hmm. And with that, that brings us to episode 28, Homecoming. So, as you said, we pick up with our almost heroes and the members of the Ebon Liberation Force, along with Tardin, standing outside the doors of the now-silent Ebon Depths. Glenn looks over to Udak and says, Well, I know you guys made this cute little group, but, uh, you know, the Ebon Depths aren't really there to be liberated anymore. What are you going to do next? Uh, you look over at Udak, and you actually notice that he's just kind of, like, looking at the front of the Ebon Depths, and, like, there's, like, just tears kind of going down this uh, pretty, like, you know, tough-looking orc's face. Um, and he kind of just, like, brings up his forearm to his eye and just kind of rubs it and just, um, and just turns to you, Glenn, and just gives you the biggest fucking hug. Uh, just, like, trying very carefully not to... Nice, um, nice, nice, yeah, nice. <laughs> like, you hear them kind of, like, cross behind you, but he gets you with the forearms and it's just, like, absolutely squeezing the, uh, the, uh, the living crap out of you, um, lifting you into the air a little bit uh, before then just kind of, like putting you down and continuing to uh, rub his eyes and goes, I, I don't, I don't really know. I haven't really thought of anything past this point, to be honest. I, I, I think there might be a little bit more work for us to do getting, I think there's a couple people left in there. If we can get to them, if they haven't been, you know, lava hasn't <laughs> absorbed them into itself at this point. But I, after that, I mean, I guess we're, truly free for to go and you know seek whatever fortunes we we need to and he's just kind of looking over at um dozer and scraps who are just kind of sitting off to the side uh scraps kind of sitting in the back of like the actual like dozer on the back of this uh this kind of like on all fours uh, ogre um and uh just kind of like well well uh udek what do you say what are your thoughts on uh 
looking back at the big door and, and just saying, uh, this place being a healthy place to mine, uh, valuables and things of that nature. I don't want to speak for my, my companions, but I think the ball, that all of us have had enough mining to last a lifetime. Well, no, no, certainly not you. Uh, mostly me town. I guess uh, that was the reason I came this way, was to find a, a new mine that wasn't riddled with mine flares like the one in me town. And uh, I think well, that's... I don't, I, I don't think this one was. It, it was wrong with them in there. Um, and there's a worm thing in there too. I guess, does that mean that the Tin Town mine is safe to open up? Well, I mean, I don't know. You're the miner guy. We're head of the operations, human resources things. What? Uh, well, Very corporate of you, Ranger. <laughs> What's that, you, Dak? This place safe? It's, I mean, it's it's not mine to give you. It's not even my, uh, it's, I mean, it's, it's not my mine. It's do with it what you will. I can tell you that I want nothing more than to get as far away from this place as I can and try to live the rest of my life without seeing any more mind flayers uh, and, you know, enjoy the body parts that I have remaining to me. Well, Udak, how about I give you another offer? We, uh, we have a small little town that we just came from as Cosmo mentioned, he was looking to you know, find a new place for some of the, the, the workers there. But I mean, it's, it's a, it's a quaint little town. They accepted me and you know how hard that could be. Uh, why don't you come on back with us? See if you can't find a little community there. I mean, I know they'd love some protection. We got a, uh, the Boulder fist mining company who recently became the Stoneheart mining company. You might be able to maybe pick up some work around there. Be nice to have a, a friendly face in town. He um he reaches out and puts like the flat of his blade on your shoulder in a very kind of like hey I'm having a real talk with you kind of uh, thing and kind of looks he looks at you Glenn and goes I know that you'll understand this having I I'm glad that you found a place to call home but I don't know if I'm ready for that yet I I think that I I think that we need to do a bit of traveling just see the world we've been here for so long that. Maybe we'll make it back, and I appreciate the the invitation, but for the time being, being cooped up in another place for a long period of time doesn't sound that inviting, and hopefully you can understand. Yeah, I, I absolutely understand. Uh, we'll be probably making a trip up north or out west to some, some miles if you feel like trying to pick up some coin. We've got a pretty healthy little bounty system that we work through, so... You go ahead and reach out to me when you're you're ready to find a place, and you know I'm gonna do everything I can to help you. Well, we'll be around. I mean, if we uh, if we can make it through that, I don't think that the uh, the roads are gonna give us too much trouble. So, uh, well, I'm uh, sure we'll one, sure we'll cross paths again. One piece of knowledge I would offer, since you don't uh, take kindly to mind control, uh, be weary of the revivists. There's something off there. We're not sure of it yet. But uh, just keep a weather eye on them if you do come in contact. That's a great yeah. point. We uh, There's a war up to the north, and I don't know how long you've been running around these parts, but we're just trying to figure out what it's about. So I'd maybe stay away from the north. I've honestly, I don't know if you've spent much time uh, in the east, but there's um seems like there's a lot of land out there that, you know, unclaimed untamed i know it's 
more desert and more kind of wild than this area, but seems like we might be able to carve out an area for ourselves that, you know, we won't be uh, disturbed as much. And luckily you're looking at a three people that are literally designed to uh, build a fine home to live in. Well, Hey, you, uh, you go and set up your own situation. We'd love to come visit you. And I take out a hundred gold and I hand it to Udak and says, hopefully you'll, uh, Oh, if you could just put it in my pocket, I can't really. It's hard for me to hold I, on. I to said cards. it. I said on top of his head. It's like <laughs> first on top of his head. Hopefully, you'll uh, find something useful to do with that. And he, um, he, after some fumbling and poking of holes in the bag, is able to pop it into his uh, his pocket. Um, well, um, if there's, I mean, do you want us to take care of? the last people in there and make sure that they're able to get out safe. We can, there's probably going to be some clearing that needs to get, get done to get them out, but we're happy to take care of that unless you want to stick around for that as well. I don't know what your plan is. I mean, Cosmo, based off of time you spend to mine, can we still mine that inner area? I mean, there's a lot of black, black metal. I was just run through the veins over by those, those mushrooms and that didn't seem to get hit by the lava. I think we can still mine in that early entrance. What do you think? Well, uh, I think I I like to before I make a decision. I think it's it's best we reconvene in Tin Town before we uh, decide. It's very possible, but uh, it's not. Let's see what uh, what they found in the other site that they were just going to investigate and see what feels better. All right, Udak. Uh, yeah, would you mind maybe recruiting more people for the Ebon Liberation Front and? giving us a little bit of a, an assessment on what you think, if it's even going to be salvageable as a mine, or if it's something we just need to put in the past and maybe bury. I bet we can. Where's that? Tardin. How about this? You all head back. Uh, you said Tin Town? Is that what you said? Aye. Um, we'll go in there. We'll take an assessment, see if we can pull out any of the stragglers. I know that one of them was uh, Tardin's friend here, so I think he's going to be pretty excited to get that out. So in exchange for that, uh, how about how about you, Tardin? Take them a message or find a way to give them a message so that we don't have to wait around. But um, we'll we'll look into it. We'll see, you know, what the state of it is in there. If it completely filled with lava, if the rest of it collapsed, obviously there's not going to be much of a rescue situation to be had, and there's not going to be much mining to be had either. You're going to have to dig through solid obsidian to get in there. Thank you, Tardin. It's really kind of you too. We'll make sure you're you're rewarded. And then I look to. Rank, I'm just shake my head. I'm like, we're not, we're not gonna reward him. Oh God. We we rewarded him with uh, keeping his life. I still might take that back. All right, boys. So back to Tin Town, or what's the move? Well, well, that's a that's a good place to start. Where is uh where is our fine uh? <laughs> Rangrim, have you uh, seen him? Rangrim's just making direct eye contact with Harden, but his eyes are black from thaumaturgy. Um, roll me an intimidation check. Perfect. First roll of the night. I think with advantage, too. Good. I didn't like that. <laughs> Natural 20. <laughs> yes. Good. Uh, you, oh, as my. your eyes, like, your pupils swell and turn completely black in this way that you've seen happen in real life, so now you, you can mimic it really well. Um, you see Tardin's uh, already probably pretty befouled pants just turn wet once again. Uh, this halfling, I would assume at this point, is relatively dehydrated, I think, after <laughs> this many times. Of, yeah. Um, and 
they are just staring at you, but like you see just tears running down Tarden's face and uh, they are frozen to the spot. <laughs> then Ragrim just stand there for a moment. Goes, oh, yeah. What? Where are my donkeys? Do I, is the, did the cart run back to their the cart? original camp? No, the cart uh, was brought back along with uh, Scraps and Dozer. So it is sitting just outside waiting for you. Scraps and Dozer for president. Mm-hmm. All right, well, it's over. It, it's over here. I'm going to go here. Um, bye, Tarden. Bye, Black. Sneeze and, and Doozy. Yeah, I feel like you're just doing that on purpose at this point. And it's like, walk off with him. <laughs> I would never do that. Deception check. Or inside check. Okay, I know my number. <laughs> I assume it's low. I was a, so would that be, that'd be against my deception? Yeah. Yes. I have a two to that, so that's a 19, but I got a 19 as well. Oh! Yes. So... The meets it beat so you still deceive me yes so ty goes to the runner damn it ah you're right i just i don't know i just figured you do it so often it couldn't possibly be it's alert it's okay we'll get you some books more dos dogs more more vocabulary it's a learning disability i didn't want to say it and i just like hop onto the top part of the cage and i start reading uh i wait for the group but i start reading the notes that were on i want to read docs uh necromancy and artificing notes okay um cool so uh what are cosmo and rangram doing um ready i I don't know i would just be readying up the driving in the the driver's seat with my boy uh rangram did you forget my name cosmo Uh, at least i didn't just one up i never did that to you (laughs) ever even if you went all the way back to episode zero or one, there's no way you can prove that at all. Ever. I know. <laughs> Let's go. Third wall break there, folks. It's very good. We went, we <laughs> went full Deadpool in here. Um, so uh, you all head away um, from this, from the Evan Depths, the entrance to the Evan Depths. Like, and you're kind of like going to the distance. You can see that uh, Udak is kind of, uh, they're, they're waving for a bit as you all are leaving. Even Scraps uh, is waving out of the top of Dozer's bucket. And uh, then as you're getting a little farther away, you see uh, Udak start kicking Tartan towards the entrance of the mine as he's trying to get him in there to go check out and make sure this place hasn't, you know, whether or not there's actually survivors to save and what condition the mine is in. Um, and so you all are heading uh, further away, uh, you know, going across this like black sand and this blasted landscape at the, at the base of the Ebon Ridge volcanoes. Um, and yeah, you're just, you're getting farther away and you're just traveling back along a road towards Tintown. So, um, so Glenn, you're reading the, uh, the manual that Doc has written, basically his notes on how he created the uh, armor as well as the brain containment device. Uh, what are you looking for? Uh, I want to know what type of spell or what type of like magic he used to imbue kind of the control over the armor. I mean, like effectively, it's a giant automaton controlled by a brain. I want to know what what type of magic and what his process was for making that armor controllable by the a living vessel. Process. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Roll me in Arcana check. Okay. Oh fuck. Uh, I rolled a two okay. with my plus three. That's a five. 
a gentleman's so, so I'll say that this is extremely <laughs> it's extremely advanced magic and while you understand a lot more of the artificing side of it the actual mechanics how the like the golem is created and how you know these components are some of the magical components are going to take you longer and maybe more research uh a lot of the things in this book about the magic are like shorthand and things that maybe Doc already understood and spells he already understood. And so all the knowledge isn't here. Uh, like what the actual spells were and how to cast those, a lot of those things you're going to have to do more outside research, it seems like. Um, or it's going to take more time for you to decipher this kind of shorthand that Doc has put into this book. Um, cool. And as it got a little bit more towards the end, uh, it seems that Doc had been kind of, according to his brother, had been kind of wasting away more and losing more of himself and it becomes more arcane and more kind of crazy as it gets further in and even the writing and handwriting becomes a little bit harder to read so it's going to just take more time it seems to decipher this i would be reading i would be going through that for the next like few hours so yes uh cosmo is there anything you're doing during the trip Mm -mm. no he's just enjoying good time (laughs) feeling he's feeling like uh there's been He's not really sure if it's over, but he does feel like he kind of turned a page um, with his understanding of what happened with his father. Uh, and Gotcha. Um, yeah, Rangrim, what are you doing? Uh, Rangrim would be kind of steering the cart lightly, but he's very lost in thought, just staring at his hand, his right hand. Is that symbol still, like, very prevalent, or does he feel anything from it? Reminiscent of, you know, going Citizen Kane on everybody. Um, I'll say that while there's no physical pain, um, you don't, you don't feel like, I don't know, you, you don't know whether it's, it's in your own head, or whether it's just kind of knowledge beyond that, uh, but you feel like there's still like something there. Like there's still a shackle. Like they are, you are not completely unbound. Maybe that was something that you were hoping was going to happen um, with like, you know, the, the death of the spectral form. Um, But that probably that hope was probably partially quelled by the fact that once you were outside of the Evan depths, you did hear uh, the voice of that mind flayer in your head again, uh, telling you that uh, regalia and, a form known as the All Mind awaits you. So you're probably looking at your hand and feeling like it's you're not 100% out of the woods yet. Well, and he just wraps his hand and says, leans over to Coswell, you mind I'm um, steering a cart for a minute? Uh, yep, hang it on over. I gotta, I gotta do, I gotta do something. I, um, I, uh, Glenn, Lynn just like laying on his stomach, holding the book and like kicking his legs. Like, <laughs> yeah, bud. You want me to cough something in your your thing? I gotta do something. Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, we've we've done a lot since the Tigers. I feel like it's it's really missing some some of that Rangram embellishment. I feel like taking on a task. You better not make, mess this up. First one was really good. I don't want any like weird looking things on my my weapon. This is sacred. No, it's, it's going to be awesome. I just need to, I need to do something so I stop staring at my hand, sitting next to Cosmo, thousand yard stare into my own palm, 
and he's looking at me, figuring, like, what's this dwarf doing? Why does he keep looking at his hand? Well, he knows why I'm looking at my hand, but he just won't say anything because he's rude. We could just, I think, I think it's because he's polite, but we can just take the hand if you want to. I and mean, that's always an option. Definitely an option. Um, like, take it where? Wherever. It's the river. I mean, it's right there. Right. Hungry fish. Oh, well, we could do that, but let me, I'm kind of need this one to do your, your thing there. Oh, we got to keep the hand. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Smart, smart, smart. Uh, I take like the. But you could get a really sick left handed drawing. <laughs> <laughs> no one ever wants the off hand. No one ever wants the off hand. <laughs> I take it off and I hand it to him, like. Also, this is like, I think, where Chandrell lives now, so be extra careful. You might get some feedback, quite literally, Who's, from the weapon. Oh, Chantel. You'll figure it out. I just hand it to him. Rarips is kind of like looking at it like weird and like knocking on it. This is that, that, that thing you're dancing with by yourself in the morning. This is your dancey sword now. It's called calisthenics. It's You wouldn't understand. Who? Or you talking about Shandell, Shand, 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 Shandor, some guy named calisthenics. I'm just going to go do my thing. Um, hold on, uh, Glenn. You you see Shandrell appear, uh, sitting on the edge of the cart, and goes, "I will not stand by this. He will refer to me as Shandrell. This is untenable." Well, you know, he can't actually see you right now, but we could probably, you know, encourage you, him. You will tell him he will refer to me as Shandrell, Master Assassin and Champion Thief of the Valinar. Uh, Rangram. Yeah, you we tell need him. To clarify. We need to clarify one name, and I don't really think it bugs me that much, but it bugs my weapon, and you seem to have more respect for my weapon than everything else included on this cart. Are you talking to it right now? It's Shandrell. Say it with Shan. Shan. Drell. Drell. You're you're going to make it mess up. Champion Thief of Valnar. That's a lot. I'm not saying all that. I'll he, say Shamwell. That's fine, but I don't want to say all the rest of the bits. I don't know if she's going to kill me or if she's going to kill you. Oh, there's just no, there's no but one. But someone here. might die, or she'll just ask me to kill you. And that's going to be super awkward. Like I've already tried that. I already thought about that a couple times, and she's going to make me do it. So it's, it's Shandrell. That's all you got to know. Let's let's start there. I can appease her. Just start Shandrell. Ready, Shandrell? I'm holding it right here. How's it talking to you? I don't get it. And I look to Shandrell, and I'm just like. I'm trying. I, I'm trying. Oh, for the love of, and she disappears. And then Rangrim, the uh, <laughs> it gets the uh, the weapon gets really hot really quickly. It doesn't change color like heat metal, but it it gets like really hot to the point where it's almost burning your hands, and then it cools and to the point where it just like is uh, like a consistent warmth, which is Do I see strange. like an aura shift on it? Do I see yeah, like yeah, it yeah. kind of glows. When she enters back into it, it kind of glows with like that blue uh, spectral energy, um, and then it kind of like dims back to its normal hue. Oh, <laughs> I, I, I pissed your sword off. I, I don't even know what that means, man, and I will give you as much of a head to chill at We've seen a lot of weird shit in the, couple, the last couple days, months. I have no idea what our timeline is here, correctly. <laughs> But we need some weird stuff, and um, I think me pissing off your sword's the weirdest. I'm sorry, Glenn Sword. Ch- Shan- Chandrell. I'll write it on the handle. You'll remember it. <laughs> you want me to write it on the handle? I'm a real good speller. Just try the first four letters. What do you think it is? 
Well, I, what language? Common. I can't. I'm not very good with common. What if we write it in? Other okay, form? the language. The language of your choice. You you tell me. What's the first four letters of Chandrail? In under common. A. Nope. That's okay. We're just not. I'll write it. I'll write it down. And I write in under common Chandrail, and I like tape it onto the handle. <laughs> I thought, what, what does that mean? Oh my god! You can't. Uh, <laughs> my weapon's gonna die. And Glenn just kind of like rolls over. And he's like, I'm just gonna read my book. All right. Well, I'm sorry. I pissed off your sword. Hey, I don't even know what's gonna happen, man. But what's up? Do you have any any inanimate objects that are going to get mad at me? Uh, don't think so. You've already tried to read me Dad's book. It didn't try and paper cut you, did it? Well, no. I'll, we thought it would be funny, but I, I can't read it. So, Glenn read it out loud. He looked just like that, and Glenn's still kicking his feet reading his book. He can't. <laughs> he can't read Dwarvish. Yeah. Oh, is in Dwarvish. Oh yeah. Oh, I, I had the damn book upside down. I thought it was common. No, it's in Dwarvish. Well, well, I can't read that either. So, no worries in keeping it safe anywhere. But. He, Turns and starts drawing out the etching he's going to put on. I, I think I heard a quote once. It's, it goes, eh, well, sucks to suck. <laughs> Whoever said that's a genius. But I don't remember that it. So, some, some famous philosopher, I'm sure. But very profound. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so <laughs> you all are uh, continuing on your journey. I, I believe... Um, Okay, no, we are. We're, we're about it. So to get back, uh, you're looking at just a little bit over a day and a half journey. Um, so you will have to take uh, a break tonight at some point. Um, so you have, uh, you're entering at this point, you're kind of getting into the trees that are on the edge of the Bonner's Lock. And you're, you're just, basically, you're between those trees on a road, a pretty well-traveled road. This is a main thoroughfare that goes south. Mm. Uh, and then the uh, Ebon Ridge, the shrubbery kind of gets more sparse as you get closer to the Evan Ridge. That's a little bit to your north east at this point. Understood. Preach. Uh, yeah, I don't think I'd have anything before we get to camp. I imagine any free time of that first day would be spent reading. Um, docs, notebook. Sweet. Um, yeah, so uh, you all, uh, it starts kind of getting, uh, starts getting dark, and you all are, um, is there anything, any place in particular that you would be looking for a uh, place to make camp? Are you looking to do it kind of out in the open? Are you looking to, like, get into the trees, in the, in the woods a little bit? Um, it's kind of similar to when you travel to Whitport, how you have, like, kind of open expanse on one side and forest on the other. Hey, guys, uh, uh, where do you think you want, want to make camp tonight? I mean, I figured we'd look for a nice little outcropping off the side of the road. Just pull pull the carts over, see if we can't give our girls a, a nice little break. What do you think, Rangram, as the I think that's a whisper? Good bet. Maybe we go off into this uh, wooded area a little bit, find a clearing, get us off the main road. That sounds awesome. fine. Yeah, so um, roll me uh, nature checks, the three of you. Oh, neat. Ever done that? 
you like. That is a big ol' eight. I have something with nature. I don't know why. I mean, it's a campsite, but... I think it's a wisdom one, isn't it? Uh, I think it's intelligence. It's intelligence. Okay. So, Glenn, you technically would be good at that. Uh, I have a plus three, and I still got an eight, so... <laughs> nice. uh, what'd you get, uh, Ranger? Two. That's <laughs> good. Leave it... Leave it up to the driver. Um, I, I got a 14. Yay! So, um, you all are looking around, trying to find um, kind of a clearing, an entrance into a clearing, or just like a spot in general, just based on like the, uh, the way that the trees are growing. Um, and you can kind of see that there is an area where it looks like um, there may have been like a small fire at some point, and it's kind of like cleared out some of the, the bigger, larger trees in a section. It seems like there's kind of like smaller... Uh, growth of some of like that you all can basically like kind of head in uh, through this little area and it seems like there is a um, like a pretty good like 100 100 foot clearing uh, inside of this uh, just kind of maybe 30 to 40 feet inside of this cops uh, or the actual forest itself that runs along the path having to kind of ford over uh, the uh, actually if I get an animal handling check from whoever is actually driving the cart that I can do Oh, hell yeah. It's a gentleman's 20. A lot of gentlemen so is, it, is a gentleman's 20 a dirty 20? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I was like, I was, there you go. That's I like the new way of uh, Somebody, calling it. Um, gl- uh, a a dirty gen- gentleman's 20. <laughs> Glenn's called it a gentleman's something. I was like, okay, I like that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Wait, mine so, was a five. So. Sounds very fancy. Um, yeah, so I'll say that your... Uh, you know, old Rangrims, very stalwart steeds are able to, uh, you're all are able to kind of coax them in here, uh, kind of crunching over some of these like young saplings that are kind of growing up th- uh, from this area that's been kind of burned. Um, and uh, yeah, you're able to kind of make your way into this empty clearing that just kind of, it's a little bit blackened and it just seems like it's mostly low growth at this point that maybe isn't more than a, a year, year and a half old. Is there like, is it, Sorry, the clearing itself, is it forested and then the clearing, or is it, like, bushes then the clearing? So, the, um, it seems like it burned kind of out to the road, so it, it's kind of shaped in a big kind of, uh, it's, it's a solid opening, and then it kind of just goes like, like about a 100 okay. feet in, yeah, to the trees. Uh, but it's all open to the, to, pretty much to the actual road. Well, guys, this looks like a good spot. Uh, seems hop out. Seems better than any. I'll uh, check the tree line with Poe. You guys go ahead and start camp. Oh, right. Food oh, time. And I summon Poe. And like starting from the U, he takes one side, I take the other, and we like kind of check the tree line, seeing if there's anything, you know, lurking. If anybody set this spot up, it's kind of like an ambush point. Yeah, roll me a... Uh, are you rolling... Okay, so I guess roll with advantage because you have Poe helping. Okay. Uh, perception? What do you want me to roll? Sorry. Yeah, perception. Sorry. Oh, wow. Just be assumed at this point that half the rolls we do are yeah. perception. Uh, 16 and an 18, so a 24 perception check. Yeah, uh, 24. I'll say that you don't see anything that seems um, uh, seems like there's traps or anything like that. Anything uh, ill uh, or ominous that is kind of awaiting you here. Uh, and you also just kind of like, you hear 
you don't hear any ominous silences or quiet uh, areas either. Like it seems like it just sounds like normal forest to you. Like this, it's you know you don't hear uh, anything out of the ordinary with a, a good roll like that, especially with your kind of heightened hearing. Uh, this just sounds like you know general woods to you, and you don't hear anything too monstrous stomping around in the close vicinity. Just, just Rangrim moving around yeah. the back. I mean, no, only at least two or three tarasks. Nothing out of the ordinary. Uh, just yell back. Guys, tree line looks clear. I'll uh, get Poe all set up, and I think we just set up camp. And I just send Poe to basically the farthest back tree line, and he's watching into the forest, and he's just in sentry mode, just keeping an eye. If he sees anything, he's going to scream like a baby. Awesome. His uh, his eyes turn red, and his head just goes on a swivel side <laughs> to side and then goes back back and forth all the time like a <laughs> like an absolute robot security camera. Yeah. Um. Awesome. Uh, Cosmo, Rangrim, what are you doing to set up camp? Um, Rangrim would finish his engraving on Glen Scimitar and he'd just wrap it back up. Probably poorly, but he's trying. But I'm assuming he just doesn't wrap it as well as Glenn does. He's not used to that. And he just puts it back with his things. And he goes and just takes a, puts down his shield into the ground. Like a really hefty, just like smash. <laughs> think it is like, think of like a lawn chair without legs on it. Okay. That's just the back, just boom. And he's just sitting with his feet in front of a fi- like big dwarf feet right in front of a fire. Very nice. That's uh, that happens to be right where uh, Cosmo's cooking up some grub, uh, some dwarfish food. I was gonna say, what is Cosmo cooking? Cosmo's cooking up. Uh, he has uh, some fine. His probably his last ration of uh, some dwarvish uh, stew and uh, some lizard gruel. Thanks to uh, Mama Amy. Very nice. Um, yeah. So uh, you all kind of um, settle yourself down uh, for the night. Um, who is going to be taking first watch? Uh, or is there anything I'll, you want to do before going to sleep? Yeah, I'll I'll just say to Rangram, like, hey, Rangram, why don't you uh, why don't you and I take first watch and we'll let Cosmo get some rest, and then he can take the next round. That seems all right to me. I'll look that away, and Rangram moves his shield and he puts it back <laughs> into the ground, and it's just looking out <laughs> the opening, but just like mm, he's sitting, just chilling, feet in front of the fire, looking directly back to the road. Awesome! Awesome! Um, yeah, it's probably a little bit disconcerting because it's just like this big opening that kind of opens into the darkness of night, uh, into the distance as you're, I mean, you have spectacular vision at night, all three of you. So you can, you can see shades of gray, at least, uh, like I think 60 to 120 feet. I, I think yeah. do have like improved dark vision, I believe. Yeah, so they have even dark vision. It's something nutty. Yeah. So I, I think that you can even see like, it, this is like daylight for you. Um, whereas the others can still see pretty, pretty decently, but, um, yeah, awesome. Uh, so just roll me perception checks for the two of you. Glenn, you have advantage if you want to utilize just sound, too. I would love to. I was going to ask. Uh, 17. Awesome. Uh, oh, okay, that's not bad. 18. I'm sorry, 15. Math. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, so uh, you all are uh, there for a while. Um, I don't I think before you, you, there's nothing that happens uh, for the first half of your watch. Um, is there anything that you all want to do? Like if there's any interactions you want to have during your watch? Um, yep. yep. So Glenn, uh, after a couple hours or so, 
starts to like really settle down. Here, Cosmo like running in his sleep. Um, Licks over to uh, smashing heads in his sleep. He's just hitting things with a hammer. <laughs> Smash! It's my squirrel. So uh, after thinks Cosmo's well asleep, just says, uh, "Hey, Rangram, I know, I know that was that was a lot for you. That was quite a moment to kind of face your attacker like that. We never, I never really saw what you uh, what you've been fighting against. Do you do you see that mind flare often? Like it was a hell of a beast just to show up out of nowhere." It was certainly not the first time I saw him. Is that what we were fighting down when all those bladed beasts came through? Yep. I saw him at the end of that tunnel. It's a hell of a sight. How'd you, uh, how'd you get wrapped up with that business? Seems like that was a little more personal for the both of you than it was targeted towards Cosmo or myself. I wish I knew. When I, when I told, well, what I told you boys before is all I know when I, when I fled the Underdark. I prayed to Mordrin that I'd make it out, and uh, something answered, but it wasn't Mordrin. Think it might have been him? Uh, that's what I'm trying to put together. I got my powers back. I didn't know Mind Flayers could do that. Well, this one seems to have my number, and um, I think he's a pretty big dick. I am inclined to believe after I saw the Ten minutes of interaction in the giant beast you just summoned from underneath the earth. That was about as much as I need to tell that someone's what you would call a dick. Oh, and sp- speaking of that, um, when you said to carve stuff on your your thing, did you have to be the one to specifically kill it? Is it more like did you carve a dick onto my? Chandrail's gonna be pissed, dude. No, 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 no. There's nothing like that. It just oh, okay. It here, look at it. I'd like unwrap I it and I hold it into the fire. This is exactly what happened. But on one end, I think on one end I carved like the were tigers. Mm-hmm. So on like the opposite end, there's like this relief of the giant like mind flare worm with Glyn like on top of it, like putting the double bladed scimitar like right through its head. I don't know what you're talking about. How I remember that's exactly what happened. See, this is, this is why we get along, right? It's it's really nice. I think that I absolutely love it. I know Chandrail will too. Um, as you're as you're kind of passing it over, Rangram, uh, you can the it kind of glows with this uh, this ambient blue light, and uh, you can just feel like this comforting warmth uh, that is kind of emanating from it as you pass it back to uh, to Glenn. And Glenn, you can probably tell just from you know context clues that Chandrail pretty stoked on that. Yeah, she's uh she could be feisty. I've, I don't know if I've really talked too much about it, but she's someone I really look up to and she's been able to grace me with her present. Thankfully. Well, uh, it's good to know at least, um, your God or whatever it is that's given you powers. Doesn't, um, want to kill you and like eat your whole family or whatever the hell this guy's deal is. Yeah. She's never once brought up my family or eating them. So that's, Definitely a checkbox in the good that, corner. That is definitely in, in the pros column for sure. That's fair. Yeah, I uh, I don't even know if she's actually a god. I just kind of found out about her and started kind of just emulating what she did. And all of a sudden, she showed up one day and gave me a bunch of challenges. And ever since, it's just been a kind of one big. I bet you can't after another, and it's, it's been a hell of a journey. I'll let you know if she has one for you. It'll be it'll be fun. I promise you that. Oh, I like fun. And I like challenges. Well, that was my other concern, is if 
that I bet you can't was kill you. So just like make sure Chandrell. Well, I mean, that's nice and I'm good, but you can't. I really hope for the sake of both our sakes, she doesn't wake up one day and think otherwise. Well, I mean, I've seen you miss bigger things than the thing I engraved you killing. Like just swinging in front of it. Look, man, that was the most crippling hangover I've ever had in my... I'm, I'm kind of... Comparatively, I'm small. Like, if you miss that thing, like... Look, we were celebrating. We just earned a mine. Our boy here killed probably for the first time. Popped his murder cherry, so that was tight. We need to... We had to celebrate. I'm just saying, well, if your god wants you to, like, try and kill me, just let me know and we'll make it a fair fight. And I'll go easy on you. You're right. We'll definitely make sure, my god and I will make sure it's a fair fight before we do anything. Mm-hmm. We will be clear and concise on the rules. We will make sure that both teams are ready, and then we'll engage. Very you understand me so well. This guy. Yeah, I'm going to see you coming a mile away. You know I don't always wear the white, and I just like to do like flowy arms. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it was that other time. Um, I could see, like, real far in the dark. Like, you know that. I just looked it up. Superior dark vision is 120 feet. I can still see shades of shades of gray in certain shapes. Yeah. Like, I think it's one, double. Remember the, the tigers and you went to, like, creep over to their tent and you just fell in it? Uh, that was good. That was too I good. saw the whole thing happen. Like, they didn't know you were up there, but I did. Yeah, man, I I thought that was a much more structurally sound tent. That was, that was not. That's on no. me. I learned that lightning and thunder are different. I didn't also did not know this. Yeah, <laughs> neither. Some say that knowledge is power. Uh, thunder is power too, man. Just, mm-hmm. We'll we'll get through this one together. Just remember, Chandrel. Say it back to me, Chandrel. I I think Drell. she would let that one slide. That was close enough, Chandrel. There it is. There it is. I high five him. As as you all are as as you all are high fiving, uh, roll me another uh, perception check. Each of you, just screaming at each other. It's just a gentleman's twenty. Nice. Uh, not a ten. No, twelve. Okay, um, Rangrim, uh, you hear it first, and I think that it's probably the most fitting that you do. Um, you all are you you and uh, Glenn are having a very spirited conversation, high fiving, and uh, just and just having a great time uh, around around. Uh, did you guys start a fire? Forgot. We had at least a small one going. Yes, with food too, right? Um, you start hearing, kind of just like carrying over the wind um, and flowing kind of into your little copse of trees, Rangram, you start hearing something that you probably haven't heard in quite a long time um, and probably actually never heard out loud, but you definitely read them uh, and they're familiar to you. But you start hearing songs of Moradin uh, from about three voices kind of carrying on the wind, uh, out from the path uh, that leads into your, basically, in, uh, you know, that leads past your current encampment. Glenn, do you, do you hear that? Hear what? I, I, I don't hear anything. What do you, what do you hear? And oh, I like, hold on. start to grab for my double-bladed scimitar. Rangrim's just shaking Cosmo. Um, I think by your description, I get the jive that I know that they, they're like, songs and prayers about Morden. I just don't recognize them. 
No, you 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 recognize these these uh, as hymns of Moradin, like things okay. that you've read before. Uh, but you probably, I mean, you never you were always secretive of your love of Moradin down with the Duergar. So like singing songs of Moradin's praises probably wasn't something that happened very often. But you've read these hymns, uh, and Cosmo, as you wake up, um, roll me a perception check. Sure. <laughs> you perceive that you're being shook. Uh, perception. Oh, it's an eleven. Okay, uh, you're pretty, you're pretty, um, just kind of rattled being woken up out of your mid slumber about halfway through your uh, your good night's sleep um, by your buddy Rangram. What, what, what is going on? It's, it is. You're being so loud. I'm like, you're not the only one that hears this. Like, listen. He just puts his ear to. The... <laughs> roll again with roll again for perception. It. it... It, I'll give you advantage because he's telling you what to listen for. Right. It's a seventeen. Okay. Um, as you uh, as you know what that really was, it was cupping the hands of the ears. That's what you needed to do. Uh, so with Rangram's guidance and telling you kind of like, hey, listen, uh, going full navvy on you, uh, you you hear this too, and it's getting closer, um, and you can start hearing that there are like it seems like a shuffling or like walking of feet like uh, almost like a marching um but what it does sound like there are a few voices um different octaves um that are singing hymns of moradin that you have heard um you know as a younger dwarf um as you know growing up in the halls of uh, golden grim and then mm-hmm. uh, you know before the sundering and then kind of having to go quiet after that because uh, morden wasn't one of the accepted gods of sakal um, so this is not something that's common to hear, uh, and you know, but it is does happen to be the middle of the night. So, right, and uh, just hearing where it's coming from, Cosmo would just kind of jump up and it's just, I know that song, and uh, is kind of, come on, Rangrim, and is running toward songs. Wait, wait, is this? Is I didn't know if this was normal, and uh, he just was like, I'm, just starts following him. <laughs> Um, yeah, Glenn, what are you doing? Uh, as I see them, like, very excitedly start to take off, I just hang back maybe, like, five, ten feet, and I just kind of bring up the rear. But I follow them with my glaive, or sorry, with my double-edged scimitar very much out. I haven't haven't Um, heard that song since I was a wee lad. Come on, let's go see. Alright. And, uh, yeah, just kind of getting closer to the road. Um, awesome. Yeah. So as you all are, uh, you're getting out to the road, um, you're actually, you, are you like, I guess with your vision, uh, in general, like you get out to the road and you kind of stop standing in the middle of the road and looking towards the, like towards the direction of that would head to Tin Town. Um, you see three forms that are kind of standing in the darkness, um, that, are kind of your height uh, in general. Uh, maybe that was something you would have expected, um, but you see them kind of stop and they're probably at least like 60 feet away from you. And you hear someone say, Oi, what are you doing in the middle of the road? And uh, Cosmo would uh, like, he would just kind of holler back. It was just like, I was coming to see who was singing such a beautiful song at this wonderful hour. I, what, uh, yeah, yeah, you mean, yeah, your voice sounds kind of friendly. Uh, 
you don't mean us uh, any harm, do you, wee lad? Oh, no. Just the harmony. Um, he's gonna roll insight on you. Do you want me to roll? Uh, persuasion. Right. Ooh, that's a good one. Roll an honesty check. It's a 21. Um, sweet. So, you, um, you can see them kind of, like, turn to each other, and you hear kind of some, like, yeah, he doesn't seem that bad. Um, and then you hear them say, "I right, we've come to a, an accord. We'll join you. Uh, and you see these three forms kind of uh, come walking out of the distance. And as you uh, as they're getting closer, uh, you see that they are indeed three dwarven figures. Um, the one in front is wearing a pretty heavy uh, steel uh, plate mail armor um, and no helmet, uh, just kind of steel plate mail armor with a pretty heavy uh, double-headed axe on his back. Um, the one walking behind him has like one of the longest dwarven beards you've seen in a very long time that's kind of like divided into two halves and is uh, kind of like braided into two big long braids that actually uh go down and um is, are kind of like around and tucked into their belt uh and then you see a extremely uh tough looking uh female dwarf that is also like just absolutely kitted out in what you would uh, recognize to be berserker armor similar to what cigarette was wearing but a little bit shorter spikes and it's all steel it's not like the black iron or anything like that uh she also is not wearing a helmet she has a total buzz cut uh with bright red hair um and uh pretty like she does have like a good scruff going on uh on her uh, on her face but it's well super well maintained and has like these uh whole ear like just earrings going all the way up one ear um and they come kind of walking over to you all uh looking you know non-threatening and just kind of very happy to have come across uh you know more dwarves on the road um they do they do notice um glenn did you come out to the road as well uh he was like five feet behind the group so if, depending on how far like at what point they met him he, he wouldn't have been afraid to go out on the road okay um so when they get a little bit closer they uh i uh we don't you're a pretty eclectic bunch eh? i Please. um well, uh, y'all seem kind of all right to us. I don't see many gray dwarves on the surface. You uh, all right? Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm all right. I, the songs you were singing, I only ever seen them written down. I didn't know people sang those. Not a lot of people sing underground where I'm from. And he just keeps looking back over at the wicked, like, buzz-cutted female dwarf and he just looks over and goes oh have you met my friend cosmo and i tap cosmo on the shoulder and i give him guidance and i walk away <laughs> uh, he he's an uh, he's an odd one huh oh he's me good friend he's uh not like what most of us do but uh he's a good man he was kind of uh Throwing eyes at Astrid, uh, that's uh, some, not really the smartest thing to do, but hey, to each their own. Well, I think he just gets uncomfortable sometimes around uh, other uh, dwarves. Some, he's not always well-received, but... Uh... Um, he, uh, you can see him kind of go, 
I do I uh do I smell some some nice uh, dwarven dwarven stew going? I me mum makes the best dwarven stew. Uh just would you like some? I uh yeah, and um they all they all kind of um head uh kind of like following you back to camp. Um and as they are, um they I wait I wait for all of them to pass and I'm like bringing up the rear of the group. Oh all right, that's that's the elf, Galen. Hi, um nice nice to meet you. I would I've I I don't share a lot of uh, the strange um hate that some of my kind have. I've met some very nice elves in my day, so um same with we uh, you'll find us to be uh, relatively accepting folk here. Um let me well, introduce I mean, myself. Oh. You're joining our campground, so you're fucking better. <laughs> That's he's kind of laughing in a very like uh, hearty way and uh just kind of uh as this, this is it's very fair. Um my name is Harik. Harik Orbringer. My friend here, uh and he sh- Putting his uh, his hand over to the uh, the the oldest uh, dwarf, the very long bearded one with all like white hair, uh, wearing just like basically an overly long uh, chainmail shirt that goes way too far down, just kind of like at like knee level. Um, and uh, then uh, this is uh, this is best best tool Ashbike, uh, one of the best clerics I've I've ever met. Um, and then this, of course, is Astrid Platefoot, our uh, well the muscle, I guess. I guess I'll tell you where we've, what, uh, you know, what we, what, what brings us here, but uh, we're our simple, humble craftsmen that come from the south seeking ore in the north. Uh, we actually just returned from uh, Tin Town. I don't know if you are familiar, but it seems that things aren't as well as uh, they may have been in the past. I, uh, well, I guess I'm, that's, that's my town. I am a Cosmo Stoneheart. Uh, and, uh, yes, through a series of unfortunate events, I've acquired it, and, uh... We committed a coup. It was sick. It was... Don't take very... Take lightly to his words. He just, uh... Right, it's a long story. Maybe over some gruel. Look to Rangrim, I'm like, didn't didn't we do that? Rangrim's off in the corner, he takes a long drag off one of his boot cigarettes. He killed someone for him. <laughs> That's a coup. We'll let we'll let him tell a story. It's better his way. Right. We just like to embellish. But uh, there was there was some accidents in the mine, and uh, we was trying to find a, a safer place to dig up ore as well. Um, I that uh, that sounds that sounds great. Where uh, where about you find some? Well, I'm hoping that we've uh, found a place uh, in the Ebon Depths. Ebon Depths? Is that over near the Ebon Ridge? Aye. That's dangerous country over there. Well, Not anymore. We've been gone for like a day. <laughs> we also... It's not a very another, long time. We, we basically committed another coup. <laughs> I, don't, I was going to say coup de gras, but I don't think that's, that does not mean the same thing. We are well, no, that is what it is. We committed a coup de gras. Mm-hmm. That's true. Maybe we're the ore bringers. And I, I got a high five ring room. Mm. Uh, He's, um, 
the uh you can see that um Vestul uh is the the older cleric, the one that was referred to as a cleric. It's kind of like looking over at uh Rangrim, like looking over at your shield and like kind of at your getup. And go and just kind of is he's just studying Rangrim. Seems very interested by Rangrim and like his entire like attire with this like Bahamut armor and <laughs> like all of the stuff that he's wearing. It just like something about uh Rangrim is very interesting to Vestul. Oh, he's a handsome fella, so, you know. It's fair. It's very true. Paint a picture. It'll last longer and take longer to do. You, my friend, I don't mean to uh, intrude, but I sense... I sense divine magic on not just one, but both of you. And he's looking over at uh, Cosmo as well. What god do you pray to? Well, this is rude. Well, yeah, that was not part I apologize. of the conversation. I'll just I apologize for the... out of it, and I just kind of walk into the darkness. And I... I apologize for the rudeness. I Maybe this is something to a conversation to better have over uh, full bellies. I rolled a nat 20 on my stealth check. I fucking disappear. <laughs> you just walk behind a tree and then just fucking dip out. <laughs> nope, it's right out of that conversation. Well, um... That's a weird question. Um, I don't. You, you mentioned that you had an affinity for Morden, but if I am anyone to be a uh, champion of Morden myself, I lost my powers years ago and decided never to regain them. How is it that you have yours? Well... We're still not entirely sure of that. It was, um, to be honest, it might be the reason that we're two for two with destroying minds. Um, not really too sure how it happened, but well, I mean, I can do stuff like um, uh, this thing, and my eye just starts changing colors. So uh, this one, and you know, all the other uh, fun stuff. But I'm not really too sure why I can do this. And um, he definitely doesn't know Cosmos. <laughs> he has no idea. It's a very um, long story, but um and you don't want to hear it. it's boring, long and boring. I've uh I've had many years on this on this earth and a long and boring story for you might be a uh, short and uh, entertaining one for me. Do you do you mind I I have a, a sense for these things that I've gained on during my years of travel and devoutness to the gods. Do you, do you mind if I lay a hand on you, my friend? Uh, um, insight check. Okay, yeah, go for it. Just, you know, more or less, does he seem... That is a natural one. <laughs> um, so you, uh, I think that you're thrown off by this uh, elderly dwarf. Um, and... Uh, I think that what throws you off more is that as they're walking towards you, um, kind of like you see it kind of for an instant and it kind of slides, like swings between the, the two folds in there uh, or the, the part in their beard. Um, you see a symbol of Moradin that was very similar to the one that you uh, yourself preyed on down in the Underdark, the one that you knew came from the surface, one that did not belong uh, down underground. All right. Well, I'm like, uh, um, oh, oh, uh, oh, all right. As he's just like awkwardly touching me, and it's like I'm kind of 
like inking away the closer he gets. He puts his hand um, on kind of just like on the literally like kind of on the side of your head. Um, and within like an instant, uh, you see that eye, that orange and green eye flash. Your hand burns that like just like sharp pain for a second. And they stumble back uh, looking extremely uh just terrified, just like a, like um, very astounded by, by what just happened. There is, there's something dark in, in you. I, I don't know what it is, but that is, that is no more than from the from the shadows you hear. I've been telling them that this whole time. Just it sounds like the forest is saying that. <laughs> I, I feel sorry. For you, I, I I apologize that I I can't be of more use in your journey, but I don't know what is inside you. But I am sorry to say that it may not be the one that you seek. That's that's uh, putting it very mildly, sir. Very very mildly. Do him next. And he points to Cosmo. It's like, well, I'm, I'm going to see what happens on this one. Um, Cosmo, do you come over? Um. I think Cosmo equally is unsure that I think also he's like, do I even want to know? Um, so I guess that's it... fair. Okay. What is uh, it? What does Cosmo do? Uh, Cosmo is just, he kind of is just like, well, I, 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 I suspect it's not Moradin. I think I know that answer, but, uh, yeah, I guess have at it. Um, yeah, so you, he walks over to you, Cosmo, and puts his hand kind of like on the side of your face the same way he did to Rangrim. A little bit, a little bit of trepidation this time. It's, it's kind of like a, not as like quick to do it. Like, I, I don't think that getting physically hurt by touching someone uh, to like, you know, sense their divine uh, energy source is something that's happened to him. It doesn't seem. As he puts his hand on your face, you feel the that like surge of energy that you felt before, mm-hmm. kind of like well within you, and you like can feel the hairs on the back of your neck standing up as the like this like kind of static energy, and then this like kind of like small lightning. Uh, kind of like starts to and this is something that you can't see but the people around you would be able to see that there's like lightning bolts shooting around the top of the axe and you see that not only when he touches you that um you are having this thing but you can see like almost best stool is there is a light that is shining from between his beard and you can see that this symbol of moradin is actually shining like this with this white light and then you see him with this look of amazement and astonishment just put his hand out and you see this like just this white light um, like in, in his hand and he just like points it towards a tree and casts a guiding bolt that actually like illuminates the base of this tree. Um, and as that uh, as that happens, he just kind of like uh, he just kind of like takes his hand away and you see the it, it fade and you see the power and the energy in his hand fade, and he just is looking at you with uh, uh, absolute astonishment and doesn't know what to say. Holy crap! Uh, Festal, 
well, you gotta teach me how you did that. Cosmo, I need me some of that, like, right now, all the time. How do we do that? Uh, I don't, I didn't, what happened? Um, he's like kind of standing there and just looking at his, his hand that's no longer uh, like glowing with energy and goes, I haven't cast a spell in over 50 years. I, I don't know how, but I sense Morden's energy in you. I haven't sensed it in as long of a time and he's just looking at his hand he's not looking at you and he's just in complete astonishment and uh both astrid and Harik are both like looking at you all as well and just i don't where why who who are you i think uh the best way i could put it is uh we're we're kind of like almost heroes uh but uh my i'm cosmo stoneheart uh, son of Obsidian Stoneheart, he was a uh, a paladin of Morden in uh, Golden Grim, and uh, we we traveled here when I was a wee dwarf after the Sundering, and uh, that's really me lineage. I don't. <sighs> I need to do more research and do. What could possibly be going on? If you don't mind, I. This is something miraculous that I've I've never encountered in in my my years. I, I I hope that you'll forgive me in my my loss of words, but there's something strange and inhuman going on here. I don't sense the darkness that I sense in your friend, but what I do sense can't be this. If Moradin is gone, why would he choose to power one single individual and forsake every other of his followers? It doesn't make sense. I from the from the darkness yet. Yeah, why Cosmo? Raven looks over. Yeah, why Cosmo? What makes you so special, young dwarf? I uh I'm not really quite sure. I uh I think I was just, I don't know. I'm just a good old boy from uh, from Golden Grim. Don't know. I think I've Uh, had questions uh, all my life. uh, You see uh, Astrid kind of in the distance, uh, or not in the distance, kind of off to the side, uh, just yell, this is fucking bullshit. And then she just kicks like like a pretty big rock and it just like, Pings off of a tree, uh, and then she kind of storms off into the woods. Um, and uh, Harik is just like looking at after her, like, uh, I, I, I don't. I well, uh, Cosmo looks over at Rangram and says, Well, I think I biffed it. Yeah, you definitely really screwed that one up. I mean, it, it, she was right there, and then you just had to literally just outshine her very literally, like in her face. And you know, like, I'm kind of pissed at you. I didn't, like, I didn't know. I, I, and there was no way I was going to, you know, lay next to you around this fire. Now, she definitely not going to. Well, uh, turning back to uh, Bestool, and just, I don't know why Morden picked me. I, but 
I am willing to find out what more can be done. If you want to help. I don't know. We are, um... Our next stop on our on our journey uh, will be the markets of Goldbreak. We'll be spending some time there. There is a uh, there is a chapel. Maybe we can convene there. Um, maybe we once we leave there, we'll head back south again and then back north. So you you said that you'll be in Tintown, which is a place that um, generally we would visit, but. It seems that uh, if you will ha- be having the mine up again and have trade running again soon, then we'll have reason to return. And uh, hopefully I can bring more answers. I have friends there who are also familiar with the old gods, the the ones who are damned uh, in the eyes of the seven. I then uh, gold breaks it is, but uh, I do have one ask. Uh, what, what can I do for you, my son? If if you are to tell anybody, I can't imagine it would be hard not to. Uh, leave out me name. I I can understand the issues and problems that this could bring upon you and your yours that you care about. I will keep it to myself, and I'll do my best to keep it within this group as well. I I can't speak for Astrid, but she's a good dwarf and she wouldn't it, want to bring unearned harm onto a, a good figure. And as far as I can tell, the, you three are good people. So uh, if uh, there is to be any opportunity to uh, restore the power of Morden, uh, we certainly want wouldn't want to risk it by uh, people knowing me name. I I agree with that. I what interests me is to find out where this power is coming from uh, and trace it back. We might be able to find where, if Moradin's power is being passed through you, there is a trail. There will be a way to find them if there, if there's even a glimmer of hope that they could still be alive. You are the first glimmer of hope that I've seen in 50 years. There may be hope of returning him to power if there is even but a ray of that power left. Aye. Um, he he kind of just like pats you on the shoulder, uh, not touching your actual bare skin, but just on the armor. Um, mm-hmm. and walks over to uh walks over to Harik. Um, and they seem to kind of both walk off trying to get uh get Astrid to cool down. Well, they just kind of walk off into the woods. Well, um, so remember when I said that uh, Glenn's sword being pissed at me was the weirdest thing that's happened in a while? Aye. Uh, that, that was significantly weirder. Uh, agreed. I didn't... I don't even know. I'm I'm speechless. I... So are you, are you like talking to him or something? Can you ask him why he's like... Well, I pray to him and now I got this thing that's being a total dick and you just like radiating all sorts of divine energy or something like i know um I'm, I'm, uh you know what nah screw it i'm perfect you're a dick. no Rangrim goes and sits down with his back turned rain grim rain <laughs> rain grim to answer your question rain grim uh 
since the day I vowed vengeance for my father's death, and whatever this power is, moored in or not, it's not confirmed. Every time that I've prayed and cried out, it's been silent. There's never been a voice. There's never been a person, a form. It's it's always just been in in me. It's been in me memories of me father. And uh, there's just been power there. Wholesome, good family memories. Um, nope, just God me. doesn't answer you. Um, my daughter keeps trying to kill us. Uh, whenever I pray, I get these crazy, weird night terrors of like this evil eyeball that says he's going to eat my brain. Something about an elder brain or something. And on, on occasion, I go kind of wackadoo and then try and kill you guys. Well, Rangrim, I, uh, if I could offer some, some light to you is that you made your agreement with this thing in thinking that your heart was leading you to Morden. Uh, I believe that uh, your heart will lead him, you back to him. Even though your brain is being all funny and your hand now has a weird mock will, we'll find to make it right. Glenn likes you know out what? Of Go. I'm fucking with you. <laughs> and then he just starts laughing to himself. <laughs> walks out and he's like picking his nails with the the spider queen dagger and he's like you guys really need to work on your prayers maybe you're just not doing it right he just sits down next to him uh by the fire this is uh oh yeah i hope hey check this one out i'll try this one and rangrim pulls out his hammer and is sitting there and it's just like reciting absolute gibberish in the two languages he speaks the best which are actually this actually sounds way darker than it is now that i realize that Yep, yeah, you know what? He's doing it in undercommon and deep speech, because that's one of my languages. It's very guttural. So this sounds Oh, deep speech terrifying. probably sounds like rocks being ground together. Yeah. Yeah. Does his eyes turn black? <laughs> no. Yeah, you're 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 doing great, bud. Just just keep at it. And <laughs> looks over to Cosmo and just like Jake said, like, nah, it's not. It's not happening. Is, is he like, is it more in like a sarcastic way or is oh, it? Oh, absolutely. It's just series of words and undercommon that are like very sing-songy. And then it like cuts into like the breakdown of the prayer is just a whole bunch of just ridiculous sounds. Uh, each. There's a buildup in undercommon. Yeah. <laughs> just breakdown. Uh, Cosmo looks at, at Rangrim, clearly recognizing that he's being sarcastic. It's just, Rangrim, just stop it. And uh, you have to make me a wisdom saving throw. <laughs> oh, well, sir. This was almost a problem last time because I'm actually good at those. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Oh, 14. Nope. You stop. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I, for some reason, no longer have the desire to do that anymore. I don't know. Yeah. Just very crassly. I no longer want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, Cosmo, it's uh, your turn. Hopefully your friends are going to come back and they won't stab me in my sleep because I look different. But I'm going I'm to go ahead and trance out for a little bit, see if I can't recover a little bit of that energy that I spent that damn, that damn those damn minds trying to find you a place for your next uh, capital gains. But uh, you might keep an eye on me. I'll keep an eye. And uh, it was also for your pocket as well, not just mine. 
I get anything about it? Am I am I am I a part time owner of the Stoneheart Mining Company? Maybe you get access to uh, all me uh, stealing goods. Yeah, I just I just all the stuff in the in go the, to Cosmo and I just loaded mine. Hug him and I'm like, wow, I'm really one of you guys, huh? I'm basically a dwarf now. Thanks, Cosmo. Yeah, turn around. Third of nothing. <laughs> Glenn's just gonna start walking around on his knees. <laughs> <laughs> Did a chance to he's gonna. He's, he's the just, friends we made along the way. Transformation is complete. He'll do that thing where he like drops down to his knees and just throws his robe over his knees, yeah. so he just like <laughs> waddles around. Um, as as, uh, as you all are um, as you all are, are uh, figuring out the watch, um, Harik uh, kind of walks back over to you with uh, uh, Bestool and Astrid kind of in the on the edge of the, the clearing. Bestool has his arm around Astrid and he's kind of leading her, and she's like not coming near you all. And he's, uh, yeah, I think. I appreciate the hospitality, but I think it's best that we continue on our way for the night and find a different way to camp. I hope you don't take it personally. Astrid, uh, I don't think that it would be safe for you to uh, have us here tonight, if you if you uh, understand my meaning. She's a, a wee bit upset. I want some uh, food for the road. I have these three left, and I hold up my three remaining DOS dogs from... <laughs> you still have DOS dogs? Oh, three months ago? no. Um... Hmm. I bought a dozen the first time we left Tin Town. So this is pre-Whitport. <laughs> I well, uh, we didn't get any of that stew, so I believe I this could be quite a. Oh, oh no! What? What is? Um... <laughs> it's it's the season, and it'll it'll be fine. And I just like try to hand them to him. Like, are they are they always green and purple? It's kind of rude for you to be commenting on the color of the food in my culture. It's just you just take them. Well, I. Uh... If you if you cook it in a nice broth, they'll they'll warm up real nice. I'll take your word for it. I mean, okay. Um. Well, I uh, wish which it had been a little bit better, and I. I suspect. I suspect this see. is the beginning of something. I that's best. Duel seems to feel that way as well. So, um, I assume we'll be uh seeing you again someday. So, uh, we'll be down south and back north uh, one of these days and. We'll cross paths again. You have you have me word on that. Aye. Oh, and one one more thing for the road. And I toss him a bottle that certainly has a liquid in it. Ooh, actually, pretty good. Uh, he whips his hand up, he catches it, and goes, "Oi! What is this?" What? It's a, it's a potion. Save it for a very special occasion. And very cryptically, I lean in and look at him and say, "You'll know when to use it." <laughs> He he's like, I uh, thank you for your, your kindness. And when he gets up to Bestel, he goes, I think I think we might have dodged a bullet by not eating their food with how rank these things are. <laughs> yeah, you still have some of that, that jerky we can we can munch on later, yeah? Okay. <laughs> and they're uh, they kind of are leaving, and as they do, uh, uh, Bestel just kind of is, gives one look back, um, both at uh, at, at Rangrim and then uh, as I just kind of like linger on Cosmo as you as they're leaving camp and then they round the corner and are back on the road heading south. Uh as Herrick's walking away, um with my mage hand, I'm going to pilfer something out of his back pocket, just blindly pulling it. Uh yeah, roll me a sleight of hand. Oh boy. At twenty or what? Or a fifteen, and I think I get a plus eleven. 
26. Oh, Plus 11. Oh, Rose um, is so broken on that. That's crazy. Love you pull it. out Rangram's potion that he gave them. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I will. Uh, I'll come up with some item that you've pulled out of his pocket. Neat. And to just continue. for grins, Rangram just wants to check to make sure that to he's so the whole bruise I'm trying to run right now is I want to know how far away can I smell that bottle? Uh, um, yeah, I mean, I what is the range of that uh, one spell that or that one item you have? I think it's like it's pretty pretty good distance. I, do I think it was like a thousand feet, wasn't it? Like you can create like, like a trail that's like yeah, yeah like I could it's more a thousand feet like away. You get the Witcher sense basically. Yeah, yeah. That is a good point. We do have that documented somewhere. I did forget about that. So it's like the it's called like the Bloodhound am- Amulet, I believe. So that's basically that's just family. like it's like the D and D equivalent of me putting like a tracking beacon on their like okay. car. Like okay. James Bond status, except it's just cool. a wicked rank potion that I can smell. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, okay. So, I mean, you you can smell that for quite a while uh, before. Um, I mean, you haven't taken your rest yet, so probably you can smell that at least up until you go to sleep. Nice, nice. After after I pilfer whatever I pilfer, I set my little, uh, little like sleeping pad up, and I just lean against the other side of the shield that Rangrim is sleeping on. So we're like back to back, but I'm trancing out. And I would also start to take my portion of the rest. This one's on you there, um, golden boy. As I, uh, <laughs> pray for <laughs> <Some> me. <petty. laughs> as, as I'm going out, I say, um, Cosmo, I, I think it's really important that uh, you and Poe work some of this out. So I'm going to let, let you guys take this watch together. Poe, don't poop in his eye again. And I'd like bamf Poe to just be on Cosmo's shoulder, just hanging out, just like squawking in his ear. Uh, as as that happens, he just kind of like picks him up on oh on his finger, kind of holds him out, and just like, well, uh, I don't know yet. And he just like flips him into the. <laughs> awesome. Um. Yeah, well, if you all um, are taking your long rest, I know that uh, um, we can start with uh, Cosmo. Get a perception check from you. Oh, sure, sure. Um, terrific. Perception is a 15. Um, do I roll for Poe as well, or does Glenn roll for Poe? Uh, Glenn would technically roll for Poe. Okay. Damn. Uh, 13 plus 3, so 16 for Poe. Okay. okay. Um, uh, Cosmo, what did you roll again? A 15. Okay. Um, that's totally fine. You you go through um, you go through the night uh, of your watch, and you don't, you don't really hear anyone else on the road. It's getting into like the early morning at this point, so um, by the time that uh, the sun is uh, is kind of starting to like peek through the trees. Um, you are, uh, yeah, everything you have passed through the night without cool. uh, any more interruption. Or before people would start to like wake up or do anything, mm-hmm. um, Cosmo would just kind of have a moment to himself and just trying to figure out what just happened. Right, I think um, 
he's just so enamored with the idea that what he thought he didn't really give much thought to where his powers came from only that it enabled him to kind of uh, pursue vengeance for his father um and just kind of like sitting on watch uh holding his his war pick uh just in two hands he would kind of like look up and it's just Morden, is is that you? Roll me a religion check. Uh, religion. Oh, it's a zero. So it's a sixteen. Okay. So I'll say this: I don't think that this is a kind of situation where you get definitive answers for anything. But I will say that. You're holding on to your war pick, this thing that has been your connection to not only your father, but your heritage and also your just it's the it's the way that you've channeled your power. Essentially, you found this thing, uh, this relic of your father's past, his his paladin life in Goldengrim. And what whatever reason that it happens, you do feel this like this just like that surge of power that that comes uh through through your arm basically into the warhammer and then just like this like crackling lightning uh in caves is the the end of the war pick um and then it kind of subsides um but whatever that answer means to you uh that is the uh that's the answer that you receive to your uh your prompt um he was just like fine then keep your secrets <laughs> uh and the meme was born I always always wanted to see what a baby meme looked like. Um, yeah, so... <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so... Is there anything else that you all want to do in the wee hours of the morning? Technically, Rangrim... Oh, no, Rangrim is sleeping. Uh, and Glenn was also... It was just you awake, so... Um, yeah, so I think the sun is starting to come up, and uh, I think, Glenn, you'd be waking up first. Is there anything you want to do, or are you good for the day so far? I'd, uh, you know, greet Cosmo in the morning. Um, you know, thank him for keeping watching. Thanks. Thanks, Cosmo. Keeping us safe as always. And just kind of like pat him on the back. Uh, and then I walk off just through the clearing or sorry, just mm-hmm. into like the trees a little bit and do my morning, my morning rituals with Chandrel and kind okay. of inspect and take, take into account. I mean, just uh, the artwork and the, the relief that's been put into the blade and how far uh, Glenn's come with these somewhat strangers, but a few months ago. Um, and like as as he's kind of reflecting on this, it's like, all right, Chandra, are you ready? And I put the bandana over my eyes. I'm like, let's do this. Okay. Um. Yeah. Roll me. Um. Roll me a. Uh, well, for one thing, Chandra uh, seems to have completely forgiven Rangrim's uh, inability to say her name properly because of the uh, the beautiful relief on the blade. Um, I also need you to roll a uh, your attack with disadvantage because of the blindfold. False. Yeah. Twelve to hit. Okay, uh, <laughs> you you feeling extremely confident in yourself, swing uh, and just completely whiff, uh, and then you feel the flat of Chandrel's blade uh, slap against uh, slap against the the back of your uh, your thigh, and just like just it stings extremely badly, <laughs> and you're kind of like hopping on the spot, um, and then uh, she uh, she goes again. As my bonus action, I strike back. As I swing through a miss, and she catches me on the back of the leg. I come back the other way. Still blindfolded, so I'm guessing yep. disadvantage. Yep. Balls. Oh, my God. I got a 16 and a 1. Oh. So, in that one. 
Um, she, uh, you swing, uh, you swing through, uh, and you feel the weight of like this kind of like imposed weight that she can put into herself, and she can like uh, kind of make herself uh, actually uh, corporeal for a second, and you can feel the weight as if she has jumped into the air and is bounced off of your uh, your double-bladed scimitar, like a almost like a diving board. Um, and as she does, she does a backflip that you can see because as she goes up, she scoops the uh, the uh, basically the blindfold off of you and goes, maybe for, let's leave that as an aspirational goal. How about that? Yeah, you got to shoot for the stuff. That's right. Um, so you all continue your uh, your training in uh, regularity uh, that day, uh, getting a good getting a good workout. Um, it seems that because she it takes less of her energy to travel from the astral plane now that she's closer to you, she can stay a little bit longer. Uh, and so she, uh, you guys get a good like a good like hour like hour hour and a half workout, um, and uh, you are pretty uh, spent by the time that she's uh, she's finally has to go and uh, transports back into your uh, double bladed scimitar. I, you know, thank her for her, 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 her regiment out of breath. I'm like, damn, I don't know how old you are, but you still kick my ass. We'll uh, see you bright and early in the morning. I'll uh, let Rangram know you don't want me to kill him right away. And I put, I, I sheathe it and wrap it back up in his band, just put it on my back and walk out to the group. Sweet. Uh, yeah, Rangram, you would probably be just waking up around that time. All right. So Rangram wakes up and his morning goes a little differently than it normally has with the events from the previous evening. While he's doing his usual rituals there where he's usually praying in private, he does actually pray to Mordrin, seeing what he saw previously in the night, but in a way that doesn't look similar to what they might pray he used i'm going to use my blessing of the forge to basically emboss that emblem of mordren on the end of my warhammer brad and rangrim is just sitting there with his hand on it though his right hand that has the emblem on it and he's just sitting there with his hand on it holding concentration on heat metal effectively burning that symbol into the symbol on his hand. You, and I hate to do this. <laughs> I hate to do this so much. I die? So, you've experienced yeah. this situation <laughs> you one... You experienced this situation one time in the past. When you originally got the symbol, you attempted to cure wounds on it to get rid of it. And this, the... What you felt was a lack of anything happening. The power that you normally, that you're used to feeling, that you're able to channel into your spells just doesn't there, it's gone. It doesn't, just like the spell doesn't happen. And you go to cast Heat Metal on your uh, Warhammer with the intention of doing this, and it just doesn't happen. Your spell completely fails you uh, as you attempt to do this. Well, as always, tomorrow... But yes, so is there anything uh, uh, anything anyone else wants to do before heading on down the road? Mm-mm. No, Cosmo would have just been up making coffee? Glenn, Glenn takes the time to braid, to braid water? donkey's hair. 
Do they? Do... It's a morning. It is a uh, morning dwarvish mead. I was going to say, that sounds about right. Come on. Just drunk 24-7 up in here. Morning mead sounds great. Warm and frothy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Glenn is going to take the rest of the time while Rangrim's praying to braid uh, a Champagne and what's our other eel's name? Kalogny's uh, <laughs> mains. Kalogny was the original. Yeah, mm-hmm. Kalogny. Champagne. 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 There's no wrong way to pronounce it. And I would not be getting the correct way from Rangrim, so. It's fair. Um, awesome. Uh, so yeah, after kind of, uh, after Cosmo drinks his, uh, his mead with lemon in it for the morning and, uh, <laughs> you all, uh, you all get all prepared and packed up and, uh, with some beautifully braided, uh, mule and donkeys, um, you all get headed back down on the road, um, less than a day away, um, from Tintown. And so, um, you all travel down the road. You don't really pass anyone. Um, it seems that, Normally, you feel like you probably would be passing some people, uh, but it seems like there is a lot less, uh, like almost less traffic going to Tin Town. It seems like there's been a little bit uh, that knowledge that Tin Town's uh, supply of ores uh, has kind of spread. Uh, it may, maybe that's not the case, but uh, it just seems like there's a lot less people making journeys here, a lot less tradesmen on the road. So, um, yeah, I, is there anything that you want to do uh, while journeying to Tin Town? making the final leg uh yeah on the theme of reading reading and driving because it's so safe uh glenn would read let's go with alton's notes the ones that were in his room or lair chamber whatever the hell you want to call that place awesome yeah so Murder there was a yeah there was a small in the final chamber where you faced off against alton which was a very uh, humble and very rudimentary carved out chamber, obviously very uh, poorly constructed and not well fortified. Um, there was a small table against the wall that had these scrawly, uh, like like three times the normal size, uh, very fumbly written notes. Uh, this similar kind of journal, but like they were just loose pages that had been torn out. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you're able to the ones you grabbed, you are definitely missing some. Uh, they are, and you're able to put them into like a, an order enough that makes sense to you. And so that's how I'll read them in a way where you would have been able to like, you kind of put them together based on context clues of which ones might have gone first. But you are definitely missing some of this story. It seems like it's being told from the perspective of Alton in a similar way, um, though in a very different handwriting, uh, in a similar thought process uh, to the way and, and elegance that the original uh, journal was that told the story of him, his brothers and their kind of entrapment within the uh, Evan Depp's temple and then their uh, basically inevitable uh, demise and uh, kind of partial resurrection via Doc. And the pages that you have read as thus. After years of suffering, Torog has answered our prayers, sending this mind fair to free us from this prison. And then you turn to another page. We were tasked with turning this sacred temple into a mine. Is this really what Torog wants? It seems that the ore beyond the walls is not of the prime material plane, but from another world, is this even possible? The tunnels are dug, the ore is extracted. I feel our task may be at an end, but no, what? 
what are these mushrooms, these worms that we must deal with now? And then kind of as it's going, it seems like you're missing a good amount. Like it seems like these these are like one page and they're kind of very like scrawly written, getting bigger and bigger. Forgive me, Torog, but I, I feel something is wrong. And then a later page, Torog, are you there? Is this Mind Flayer truly your messenger? Or we have we simply been tricked? And those are the pages that you were able to grab. Damn. Yeah, Glenn would Glenn would be kind of solemn in recognizing, like, <laughs> understanding how much this person, from the first journal, wanted to get out and save his brothers to what we saw at the end. Um, he would kind of convey that to the guys. Be like, I, I don't know if I necessarily feel... I don't know if we necessarily feel good about what we did, but we might have been well, helped them a lot more just by putting them out of his mercy or misery than actually let them stay down there. The the man that you describe on those pages is certainly not the man that was standing in that room. If it was a man, a brain and armor. I don't think the Alton that wrote those pages is the Alton that. Well, uh, I agree. I think he. Uh, he drove himself into a place of madness, and those walls just made it louder. I, th- I think in his final moments, Alton got to be the man on that pages, but uh, certainly wasn't what uh, what he thought he was getting. Well, hey, man, if you uh, get trapped in a, or if I guess the three of us get trapped in a cave, I know this could be my last dying breath to figure out how to get us out, so I can... I can feel his pain. I feel bad for him. Right, the Mind Flayer is certainly seeks to uh, help no one but himself and whoever he serves. Yeah, I look over to Rancor and I'm like, have I tried to kill your daughter or is it the Mind Flayer I need to kill? Because I'm pretty sure at this point we're even. So is it one more to the Mind Flayer? Because you know, she had the black eyes the same way you did. I'm... I'm I'm very lost with all this too. Is that my daughter? Well, she had the mask on. Well, it probably is, and it, and I did kind of do the same thing too. So it probably is, but I mean, it's his fault. Man, we need a we need to sign a name to this mind flare so I can start complaining about somebody new. Because it was literally I've been throwing a lot of energy at Regalia. Literally, okay. I'm going to retcon one thing within those pages. It was referred to not only as the mind flare but as the name Zasik, Z-A-S-I-K. That is a name that I intended to give the Mind Flayer uh, while you all originally faced against them. Uh, and it just never got there in their in their uh, Never once got said. So um, Zasik is uh, what the Mind Flayer was referred to at one point within those pages. Well, it's good to put a name to someone well, uh, that I hate. I, I was going to say it's... Just as stupid of a name as it is a person. Mm-hmm. Looks like we've got something take, else to hunt, boys. Yep, it's going to take a lot more than that to uh, stop this crusty gray dwarf. Uh, and Rengrim is going to cast Sending. Sweet. To match back in Tin Town, or if she's in Tin Town, I don't know if she's there. Uh, yeah. Um, what are you saying to match? Um, I imagine I need. Absolutely, every bit of writing or material, or any information that you have on how you got that warforged arm there, and uh, the less questions, 
the better. Holy shit, Rangrim, when the hell did you get this spell? I'm not even really sure. I just kind of thought about it and it worked. It was I'm talking to a goblin this one time. It's a whole it's a whole thing. That, no, back. that's awesome. Um hey, are you are you guys coming back to town? Yeah, in about um what did you say? Half days travel? How far out, out are we? Yeah, I'll say that you guys maybe have like five, six hours left. That amount of time. Yeah, we're shortly. Uh, that's that's probably good. Um, I, I can we can go over the hand thing when you guys get here. But uh, I, Luther went nuts. He came back to town, uh, went back to the lodge, and uh, just tore the place apart and headed back up north. Uh, I, I don't know what's going on with him, but he's um, there's something something's going on. He he ripped that place apart. All right, we'll be there soon. And then I just look over at Cosmo and I'm like, "Don't worry, everything's fine." Uh. What what's the what's the roll? Give me the roll. I'm reading. I'm not. I'm not rolling against it. I'm reading. <laughs> I mean, uh, if you want to uh, roll an insight into Rangrim's uh, deception, yeah, go for it. Sounds sounds great, Rangrim. Thanks for calling ahead and making sure we have a clear landing. What'd you get there, Cosmo? Um, I am going to use my lucky medallion. <laughs> <laughs> have you used that? In <laughs> In a period of time? I, I rolled a one. <laughs> okay. I rolled a one. The right. one time he uses his luck. It's, <laughs> it's I, an inside check uh, on me who rolled a one. <laughs> I, well, you know. It's so good. At the start of the day, it's like 9 a.m. <laughs> like you've so, got a whole how, day for it to reset. <laughs> how many times, honestly, how many times have I used this since we long rested? I just what? was like. This is your first time. This is your first time ever. Probably. Oh my God, that's hilarious. But uh, this was this was a roll that I was oh. not expecting to go that way. Do you want me to still burn it and roll again? Uh, Yeah, roll for it. Then okay. You have to burn it. Yeah, okay. you right. said it. I'm just. <laughs> You know, well, I mean, I you could, you, tried to burn a second level spell slot, he gave it back, so I was going for it. True, yeah, go for it. Go for it. All right, I'll, I'll, you know, whatever. Amazing. Okay, well, it's not much better, but it's, it's an 11. Okay, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, you, you, win. Uh, you, I'm you lying know. through my teeth, <laughs> but yeah, it, like, like we fought Megatron, and this is when you use it. <laughs> I. <laughs> We were doing just fine. I was holding it for a rainy day. Oh yeah, and you dropped it right in the puddle as soon as you went. As soon as it started raining, didn't you? <laughs> well, you know, but it's, it's fine. So it good. only had one use anyway, so <laughs> it explodes. It's a fairy. <laughs> it falls apart, crumbles in your hand, and dust. Well, um, um, no. Anyway, uh, yes, you know Rangram very well, and you, whether or not you want to act on it, you know that he is likely not telling you the full truth. Rangrim, is the town at least standing? That, I can honestly say, I don't know. Alright, I'll, I'll let you keep it Um, no, I just didn't know what to say. It's awkward. Like, we just got done doing so much stuff, I just wanted to go back to Tin Town, do my own thing that you guys don't need to know about, and then, but no, uh, Luther just trashed everything at, uh, off our place there and uh, mad said he went north and he, he went crazy i don't know i didn't get much more info than that that spell only works for so long and um 
I'm probably not going to do that anymore because that was unnerving. I wanted a little bit of information, not like, hey, you're going to be here soon. Guess what? Everything sucks. Good thing you're on your way. Right. Well, uh, Luther's still the tattered lord. Got it. Uh, oh, yeah, that's right. Looking for this. Hey, Glenn. I hold up the, the disc. I wonder if he's looking for this. And I hold up the disc that's got, like, the maze ingrained on it that we found in the, the chest. And I look uh, like... I left him a note and told him to call me. I figured he would have sent somebody. That's uh, disheartening. But he's still the big bad. Whoops. And I put it away. Oh, wait. We're going back to Tin Town, right? Right. Do you think the constable's still there? I have to see what happens. Because um, I'm pretty sure we took a prisoner into custody that he was supposed to, um, you know, like take. And, and we lied and just kind of let him go. Well, he gave you the letters. Yeah, but that other elf never made it back there. Yeah, he was never gonna. Yeah, you're a constable now. You don't have to take. You don't have to take that from anybody. We don't have to worry about it. He handed you over to Constable Rangroom. We're fine. What? It'll be okay. You might have impersonated an officer. Yeah, we'll figure it out. <laughs> For sure. Okay. Well, uh, I mean, how much? What's the how worst much... thing that could happen? I mean, black. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, I mean, are you all just continuing on your uh, your way? I think with this uh, new information, we give a little bit more giddy up to our our giddy uppers. You make it there in, uh, in four and that. a half hours instead of five hours because the you know the donkeys <laughs> don't they have they have gid? I don't think they have the full giddy up. Yeah, yeah they're missing the, the yee up. Yeah, they don't have the yee up. Um, yeah, so uh, within a slightly quicker period of time, you are coming uh, onto the uh, just kind of the ledge, the uh, which is probably like something that is extremely, uh, you know, uh, Rangram, you've been there for a while. I actually, for all three of you, uh, you're, this is a place that you have come to care for. Um, so like you're kind of rounding the, uh, the edge of the rim that overlooks the mining pit town of Tin Town. Um, and uh, everything seems fine. Like it, it seems like there's a there's a like you can see you know all the buildings seem to be you know where they are. Like everything everything seems as it should be for like you know kind of mid afternoon within your very familiar stomping grounds of Tin Town. Uh, where are you all going first? I guess what's the first thing here? I'd be going straight to Luther's Legends. That's that was where I was going from the start. Uh, what has happened to my wavy inflatable tube man? Has anyone destroyed that, or is that uh, still going? So I think you put it away after when yes. you left because everyone had uh, everyone had filled the well. billboards. It had worked That's way right, too well, right, right, so you put it right. away. Um, so it's probably packed up inside. So you, are you all going straight to Luther's Legend then? Yes. Okay. So you had uh, straight there, obviously leaving the carts down on the lower levels and then walking up because you can't take the carts up there. Um, so you walk up to Luther's Legends um, and the door is kicked, like kicked outward. Um, it is laying on the ground um, as you're walking up towards the steps, bent in half, uh, held only together at this point by the iron banding that is on the door, uh, kicked straight outwards. And it's just like laying a spoon across the dirt in front of the, the Luther's Legends. Uh, and it is just pitch black inside. Wait, so the door's kicked outwards? Kicked outwards, yes. It's pitch black in the first level or the pitch black all the way down. So there's like torch 
torches in the the first level. oh are you going in so I, i'm saying you guys are at the front door even not even having gone inside the building yet so you're going inside the gotcha. building. it's 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 pitch black at the first level i wasn't yes. sure if doors the, are, the downward doors are area was open too yeah windows are shut everything's shut up uh, and then the gotcha, door has gotcha. been kicked outward so you can see the light coming in from the doorway um are you all going inside the building uh i strike a, a torch and i float in with mage hand and go luther you in there and i send the torch into the darkness um so are you following behind it I'm standing in the doorways, putting the torch uh, in 30 feet. Front uh, Co Cosmo walks up the stairway to the front door as this mage hand is floating in. Uh, Rangram, what are you doing? I would follow Cosmo's lead. Okay. So you all walk in, uh, you, you walk inside or can see inside in Glenn's case uh, that this place has indeed, uh, tables are flipped over, uh, things are thrown, smashed against the wall. Um, and the, uh, even the coat of arms on the wall that like is, uh, generally like it has been like, there's, there's, it's bent and like things have been thrown and just like things are damaged all around this place. Um, it seems like someone had a, a very, was very upset or, uh, just made a complete mess of this place. Um, and in the center on the table, uh, pulled open and just like strewn, there's old moldy clothing and all these old brown potion bottles, uh, smashed against on the floor and on the ceiling and you're starting to realize where all these things have come from in the center of the table that's flipped over on the floor there's a chest an old chest that was one that you all would recognize because it was the one that you opened and Glenn discovered the secret cavity in the bottom of it and when he discovered the secret cavity in the bottom of it he felt a some sort of message or some sort of magic shoot past him well it seems like that magic may have gone somewhere and alerted someone because the chest is pulled completely open the bottom is missing and uh that is what you see is this empty chest uh and someone is very aware of the missing key that was in the bottom and that is where we're going to end the session tonight he didn't even respond to my letter <laughs> i left him a note I left the man a note and everything.